welcome to The Right Perspective. Today we are going to review First Wives Club, a movie comedy released in 1996 starring Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, and Diane Keaton. We're going to discuss plot and direction, characters and acting, cinematography, sound of music. But first, of course, we have to introduce ourselves. And then we also have to decide on the voting symbol that we're going to use for this episode to rate the movie at the end. And so let's do introductions first. Bro, take it away. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. I'm Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. <laughs> well, that was a sassy <laughs> intro, sis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's the youngest and the sassiest. <laughs> that was very mm -hmm. sassy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well, you know what y'all I didn't even I didn't even think about a voting symbol and I I meant Me neither. To, so does, what are we gonna use wedding ring I like that but we have used the ring before um we used the ring before for one of the seasons of the wire you remember mm -hmm. and sis your earrings are so cute sis oh Thank you, my friend. Uh, she got them for a dollar in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite price point for accessories. Yes. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it, maybe it is ring. Maybe it's wedding rings, though, because last, when we did it for the wire, it was a specific ring that we were talking about that mm -hmm. had had been a thematic, you know, symbol in the show. Right. So this, this, I mean, it's first wives, or maybe it's divorce certificate. <laughs> that would be nice. That, that's it. I that's think that's it. it. I think it's divorce certificates, really. You get a certificate after you get divorced? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Congratulations. It's oh, over. oh, oh, it's 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 actually quite a bit of paperwork. Uh, <laughs> all sorts of things get certified. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, well, okay, I want to nominate like divorce certificates. I think that's funny. All right. Sounds okay. Good. All right. So, all right. So, <laughs> we're gonna see at the end of this at the end of this recap whether this movie gets one, two, or three divorce certificates. If it gets all three, then <laughs> it will be deemed a classic from the right perspective. We each have one uh, one divorce certificate to confirm. So, <laughs> so before we get to the discussion. <laughs> I'll do a quick recap and I'm just going to tell y'all I you know this is one of these movies that me and Brittany picked 100% really assuming that Ari wouldn't enjoy it and so <laughs> that, was, that was part of our motive in looking forward to seeing if we did I mean, like indeed. an overwhelming number of movies that we choose are just that reason that's right that's right <laughs> but sis doesn't Ari get to pick the next one bro I think you're up for the he next does. one Need us, and we didn't even talk about it. So you're gonna, we're gonna find out on air what <laughs> Aubrey has picked for the next movie. Okay, right. here we go. All right, so um, I'll do a quick recap here. Okay, so this movie is really the story of a group of women, a group of four women that were, you know, really best friends in college, and they have completely lost touch. We're now thirty years later. And um, a tragic circumstance actually brings them back together. And the tragic circumstance, which actually occurs pretty early in the movie, um, 
is actually the death of one of the four of them. We see this beautiful, posh, like wealthy mid forties woman actually played by, um, you know, Rizzo from Greece. You know, Stalker Channing. Uh, I, I, she's just one of those actresses. You just know her. You love her. She's very good. Mm, very um, good. And the character she plays, her name is Cynthia, Cynthia Swan Griffin. And we see her um, at the beginning of the movie. Again, she's in this beautiful, beautiful New York penthouse, clearly wealthy. Um, you know, she's got house. She's got servants in the house. And she is looking through newspapers that are basically showing as a headline that her ex-husband, uh, a Wall Street tycoon, has, has left her and, um, and has taken a younger bride. And we watch her actually write letters out to her friends, the other three of the group of four. She gives it to the maid to have, them drop, have the letters dropped off. And then we see her go out to the balcony. The next thing we see is uh, we're at her funeral. And she has indeed committed suicide. And I know this movie is a comedy, but this is a really sad way that it starts. And we, and that, that death is the impetus for the three friends, the three remaining friends to get back together. And this is where we meet Diane Keaton, Bette Midler, and also Goldie Hawn. And listen, I know I only have to say those three names. And you know, these are comedy legends. You know, these are women that have really They've done their work in drama, but they have done their work in comedy. Okay, so, um, and then, um, you know, so the movie is really, it is about um, their relationships growing. It is about their friendships being restored. But what it is about more than that is them all kind of getting revenge on their husbands. Once they reunite, they learn that all three of them, even though they've had very different life experiences and actually are very different people, they don't show up in the world the same way. They have all had the exact same experience as Cynthia, their friend that, uh, that took her own life. And that experience is having um, their husband take them for granted and then uh, leave them for a younger woman. So they all have that in common and they bond over that. And so as we watch them do the hard work of restoring their friendships, we also watch them uh, hatch a master plan to get back at all their ex-husbands. And so we had the, the actual, the meat of the movie is the three of them taking revenge on their ex-husbands. So I'll walk through the three main characters really quickly just to give you a headline on who they are and how they were showing up and kind of what happened to get back at their husbands. So the first character, Diane Keaton, uh, played by Diane Keaton, her name is Annie, Annie McDougan Paradise. And let me just say, <laughs> she does an amazing job of just playing someone that is anxious, neurotic. I mean, she is just the most low self-esteem, you know, sitting in the corner, okay, uh, housewife that you've ever met. Okay, and so her ex-husband- pants wearing. Oh, they're high. Oh, they're very high. high. Oh, oh, they're <laughs> high. And, um, and we watch her, she is there in, in her very low self-esteem state. She's seeing this therapist. Her ex-husband is seeing the exact same therapist. And this therapist is trying to help her have some level of self-esteem, some ability to express her anger. Come to find out, this therapist is actually now sleeping with her ex-husband. And so clearly that's all she needed to get some clarity about, well, you know what? It is time for me to be a little bit more assertive in this world. And she actually hatches a plan with her daughter to buy out half of her husband's ad, ad agency. 
And so that's how she ultimately gets revenge on him. Bed Midler um, is, <laughs> her character to me is hilarious. She's like this wise cracking Jewish, you know, single mother and her husband, same thing. She helped him build up his business is now multi-million dollar electronics business, her husband, Morty. And he leaves her for what? A younger woman. Okay. And, um, and she's so heartbroken. I think of all of the wives, she is the one that loved her husband. Um, you know, and really, really, uh, the, the other, you know, the other two were, uh, you know, of course, mortified that the marriage has ended. But I would say that Bed Mittler's character, Brenda, was the one that was the most heartbroken in the way that they showed up. Um, and again, her husband, he leaves her for this, oh, just the dumbest of the dum-dums. Oh my gosh, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Her name is Shelly and she is just, oh, two scoops of stupid. That's all I have to say. You just hate her. You hate her. She's like this just little chicky. Yeah, that, you just hate her. She does such a good job. You just hate her to death. Um, and Morty is just mesmerized by her, you know, chickiness, you know. Um, and, and he has somehow managed to, even in the divorce, even though Brenda is the primary caregiver for his son, he has somehow managed to even stiff her financially. And so he and Shelly, Morgan and Shelly are living the penthouse life. And Bette Midler's character is trying to rub two dimes together. And it is just like, Morty, really? And so what ultimately ends up happening is that we find out that at when the when they first started the business it was some of brenda's family's mob connections that actually helped them to get get their business started so they didn't really start their bit they're legitimate now but they weren't legitimate in the early days and so we start to learn some of that brenda kind of holds that over his head and that's the way she's actually able to get um real equity and ownership in the companies that's how we kind of get revenge on him and then Goldie Hahn, her character's name is Elise Elliott. And she's like this, this, this Oscar winning actress, you know, but by the time we meet her, she's been famous for so long. She's now pretty much kind of getting washed up a little bit of a has been thing going. And she's an alcoholic and a heavy smoker. And now, um, because terrible. she's, she's in her mid forties, <laughs> Hollywood is trying to throw her away, you know, and clearly she's not taking it well. Okay. Um, and so the way that, and again, same thing. It's like her husband that she helped, that she helped build his career as a movie producer, right? He now has, he's got this chickie, young chickie on the side and, um, and essentially leaves her. Now she, she, she's very creative. She does some reach out research and finds out that this young chickie is actually hella young. She's actually underage. And so she uses that to ultimately lord that over him and, and and she's able with that information to kind of gain access to his assets and make sure that um she's able to retain her wealth as the primary breadwinner from their marriage and so that's 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 how it plays out you know in terms of the, them getting revenge on their husbands but but the, but again what the movie is 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 really showing us is is what it is like number one to be a woman in your mid forties to be mm -hmm. a woman who's in a long-term relationship to be, um, a, a, a professional in, a, a, you know, navigating kind of preconceived no notions about you in, in any industry. We watch, um, the struggle for identity for women, um, you know, who choose, for example, to be housewives and then need to, you know, kind of grapple with having identity outside of that. 
Um, and then we also get a chance to just see, you know, I think just that experience of like trying to rekindle friendship that has um, been long lost and the hard work of getting to know each other again and then making the choices um, to, 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 find, to find a way to be together and to grow together. And so it's it really more than anything, it's the story of the friendship of these three women. And as they are just plotting and scheming in the most hilarious ways to get revenge on their husbands, they, um, they start to realize that what they're doing will make them feel better. You know, get them because he tried to get you. Um, but uh, it ultimately starts to feel kind of selfish. And they end up using the money that they get from their ex-husbands to start a... Um, a abuse um, prevention center that they name in the name of their friend that committed suicide. And it is about making sure that what happened to Cynthia, um, Cynthia having no one to go to, to the point where she took her own life to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So that at the end, they have this wonderful charitable outcome from all of this. And this is this beautiful, beautiful um, center, care center for, for women in New York. So that's essentially the, the arc of the movie. I gotta Sweet. tell you, the the it's it, there's it, it there's no way to tell this recap and give you the humorous i mean it is just it was just so in my opinion just very hilariously per, portrayed by these by these three actresses so that's the recap uh, again it's very nuts and bolts for something that was really to me pretty funny but i would love to hear what y'all think and brit i kind of feel like we should start with aubrey i mean what do you think because it's just like absolutely <laughs> y'all just need to know and maybe you do know if you're a fan of our podcast this kind of movie is not aubrey's general jam and so bro what did you think at of all this movie uh, um <laughs> first of all did you finish it oh <laughs> i did i did finish it how many it. days did it take? It only took one day. It took one day. I didn't think, I thought it was going to take longer than one day. I didn't think I was going to be able to handle it all at once. But it wasn't painful to get through. It was just nothing. Like I, I almost felt like I was watching a blank screen. So it wasn't like painful, <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't painful, but it wasn't exciting. It was just. Oh. It was just, it was uh, obviously incredibly predictable. I mean, you, you can know the whole plot as soon as you say the first five minutes. And, um, and like I said, it wasn't painful, but I, you know, I, I really, I wanted to really be able to come with something. <laughs> My prediction was wrong. I told Brittany you were gonna like you were gonna surprise yourself and like it. Oh no, 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 not at all. Like I I mean, and not only did I not like it, um I wouldn't have liked it in 96 either. I mean, like the the <laughs> whole uh you know, their physical comedy was corny, you know, like when they were um I loved it. You know, there was one point where they were uh, all in the office and they were just, you remember when they were, there was one point in the movie where they're trying <laughs> to find documents for one of the husbands. Yes, for more. And um, 
they got the husband and the new chick out, but then they came back prematurely before they, <laughs> and it was this whole scene where they were not know what to do. And they may ended up going on a painter's, uh, I don't know what it's called, but the thing that the, the window washers, yeah. yeah, the window washers use. Yeah. And it was just so funny. Deeply unfunny. I mean, it was just <laughs> like it was like it was like I wanted it to be funny because I was so sad for them. Like I oh. wanted it, like I wanted it to be funny, but it was more like uh was you know. Oh, but, sis, sis, what did you think? I mean, but I did like one part. Okay. I like. Well, I didn't like it, but it was funny. <laughs> was when Goldie Hawn in the bar was funny. That little part where, where um, because of course Goldie Hawn is in this movie. I forget her name, but she's a narcissist. That says that Elise she Elliot. She loved Elise Alicia. Elise Elliot. Elise Elliot. And she, whenever somebody compliments her, it just. Takes her to the moon. She is just a complete narcissist. So, so one of the um, one of the wives has a daughter who is gay and about to come out, and so they went to go see her daughter at the gay bar. And of course, uh, well, not of course, but when she walked in, one of the uh, women in there flirted with her and took her to dance, and um, it was like. She, she wanted it. She, when she first walked in, it was like almost like, Where am I? But then as soon as somebody complimented her, it was all good. And then like no matter where you oh, they give her compliments, we're good. And then and uh, she actually said, God bless you. Like, yeah, the yeah, she was yeah. blowing her head up, calling her beautiful. She and was then, like, God bless she, you. And then she just and then when they so the part that was funny to me is when they panned over and they and they were showing her dancing and stuff like that that was that part was hilarious when bet miller so, pulled her said she's with me and the, <laughs> she said "Ooh, brenda you're so possessive <laughs> <I'm cracking up. laughs> oh you're so possessive so Brent, you did laugh out loud while you were watching it because i mean listen i feel like we've oh, seen go, this go, one sorry, many times bro. T- Brent, in terms of bro what- were you finished oh yeah yeah i'm good oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I laughed, and there were some parts where I literally was like that silent laugh, because I was just like, these women are just so. All three of them are so different, and they're so funny. The part where they were in the office, and it was the corny part, and like Diane Keaton's character was freaking out on the wall, and she was, and they had to slap her. <laughs> I was laughing at Balky. His name is his name is not Balky, but uh, I can't. Bronson Pinchot was in there, and that was another one. Like I was disappointed, man, because what? Because like, first of all, when we talk about time sensitive comedy, okay, watch a Perfect Strangers now. I tried. It's not funny. Oh, it's definitely but, not. I tried. Well, it, it, yeah, it's not. Mm. But I'm gonna tell you, when we were Aww. watching Perfect Strangers, oh, back then, Balky, that, what? And tell us yeah, that, that, like that. And the other thing was, is he had little parts in movies, and like one of his um, one of 
Oh, okay. Y'all see? Y'all see? Got my oh, color. you see fancy. Got you my my calories for the day but, uh, <laughs> for those who are uh you know listening to us uh on one of the podcast streaming services not watching on youtube aubrey <laughs> was just showing us his fitbit with pride i just gotta notice that <laughs> with that pride was, that with was his chest pumped out well they just these are jordan <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was lame. And <laughs> it was Brittany, I, you, 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 and no, it was, it, was, it was lame. But I, I saw the notice, brother, and the I wanted to show. Brother, we and I, and I wanted to show you. And obviously, you're you can't use inside jokes on a podcast. Sorry, <laughs> talking about Jordan's cheeks. <laughs> Nobody knows what you are talking about. They're not gonna get but it. The no super. No one heard it. We, when I was a little boy, I was in a fashion <laughs> show and the guy said- I'm pretty said, sure I could tell this story better than you. No, because this story is going to be 12 seconds when we move on. And when <laughs> Not I, the I way was, I was there, it was. It. The, I was, it was the summer listen, of June 1983. <laughs> listen, I was in a, a fashion show and the guy calling the fashion show said I had on jeans and I yelled- to him that these are Jordache jeans because at the time Jordache jeans were a big deal and I felt as though he should acknowledge the fact that they were Jordache jeans. Are y'all okay? picturing this? A cute no, little listen, baby no, we, little we, Aubrey. We, 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 this is how I would have told it. Imagine desire. a cute little no, look, baby look, little I Aubrey turning to... over with the these are Jordache jeans. Denia, I need you to find <laughs> no. a picture of Aubrey around that age and make sure it comes up on the screen when he is done. A story. Done. I think uh, I think there's a picture of that moment. I think there might be, and I think it I might think, be I in my bookcase. I, I think, think it might be in my bookcase. <laughs> I think there's a picture. Oh. Of and I want to let you guys know I was not born uh, when this happened. <laughs> I don't think I was alive. I, I don't know if I was either, yet. but this. No, no, no. This you were, you story. were alive. Okay, this I is might a family have been story. An infant if I was alive, like I don't know. You might I not feel have like been. you were the young. way mommy tells the story. Aubrey couldn't have been older than four or five. You were a little boy. I feel no, I feel no, like no. I, re I remember. I remember. I'm life. feeling it was more of a elementary school. I thought six, seven. Okay, yeah. okay. So then, me and Brittany might have been there. Yeah. No, Brittany wasn't born until I was eight. Brittany wasn't born until I was eight. Got it. Okay. But I, but I, but, but, so it was, was one of the good seven. years then, before Brittany. Got oh yeah, I was seven. <laughs> but but no, I'm I, so, I, I'm I really, I really, yeah. I feel yeah. like y'all hate in podcasts. <laughs> this is the anyway, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I was the center of the universe. Those were the days when I was the fun one. The Listen, can we one. get can we get back on track? I don't even. <laughs> oh, I was talking about. Years. You see what happens from about, watching this movie when you live in the past. Don't do that. I, <laughs> I was talking. I was talking about Balkan. You were because and, that show and was and hilarious. What I'm saying is, is that perfect? That show was hilarious. Did you do you guys remember um, what's his real name? Bronson Pinchot. Okay, so do you remember Bronson Pinchot on uh, Beverly Hills Cop? Mm -mm. No. Have you ever seen Beverly Hills Cop? I feel like I did, but like then. Hmm, I don't, don't remember. believe you. No. Well, just like, know that. I've seen it when just know, it's like. Just know that you both have three Beverly Hills Cops in your future at some point. But 
you, you got three Beverly Hills guys. I love it. But, but you the love point, to the pick point, things that have multiples. But, but the point is, is that when when he was in Beverly Hills Cop, he play, <laughs> he has a character that he's only in the movie for a few minutes, but he steals the show. And like you're talking about working against Eddie Murphy. Sure. Okay. So like we're we're, we're not talking about and like. <laughs> It was just, even in the scene, I could just feel Eddie like, this dude is funny. Yeah. <laughs> because he created this whole, just like he created Baki, he created this whole character. And his name was Serge. And like, <laughs> and like he was always trying to correct people. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, Serge? And be like, no, Serge. <laughs> you know? And so when I, point I'm trying to make is when I saw him, I was really excited to see what he was going to do. Right. And, and I just, I, I was disappointed. Oh, with, man. With, with, with the I got to just call out one scene from um, Perfect Strangers. Do y'all remember that episode where um, they had they were trying to impress their girlfriends and they pretended like they knew how to speak? Know- oh, no, 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 no. Yes, I do. Yes. I, I thought you were talking about the one where they went to go work out. That one, that's what I thought you were, were, oh, yeah. were going. Oh, but yeah, yeah that I, don't was I don't remember it. Like, oh, let me tell you. They worked out and they did, they were not workout men. And they really, they were paralyzed after. They were and paralyzed. They, so and when they, when they were moving, they were just like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to talk about, but it's so, bro, but it's so funny how you're looking back on that and yeah. laughing at that kind of physical comedy. And and now we're looking at like a movie from the nineties and in that same kind of physical comedy, it's like it didn't resonate for you. Yeah, it just and and you know, I, I'm I'm guessing that I would have liked this movie in ninety-six. Yeah. Um, but I'm not positive about that. You know, like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm positive about that because I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it if it would have just rang differently to me, but I physical comedy is one of those things that I feel like there's not a real middle ground for me. Yeah. Like it's either you nail it or you it really don't. Yeah. Well, what, you know, I know we don't normally do this, but I thought we could go character by character just through the three of them, just to kind of talk okay. about how they fine. each did, you know, just the, okay. like the character itself, but then also the, the portrayal, like the acting. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I feel like we got to start with, we got to start with Diane Keaton. I mean, (laughs) her character, oh, she was just so mousy. She was such a pushover. Oh my gosh. What did y'all think, sis? Like, what was your, what was your reflection on that character? And then Diane Keaton portraying that character. You know what? I thought she did such a great job of being consistent at being very nervous and shy and not able to finish her sentences. <laughs> I thought she did such a great job. And now I wished when she found out that her husband was sleeping with her therapist, that she would have went off. And when I say off, I mean, picked up a lamp and threw it at them off, knocked over a table, destroyed that hotel room off. I wanted her to do that, but I said, no, 
she lined up with her character and she was able to yell and get mad Mm -hmm. and keep going and leave out of there she did such a great job but one thing i will say is the dynamic they showed three generations with her family they showed her mom saying listen get your man back be with your man you no matter what no matter no matter what be back with your man this this guy could have beat her up anything it didn't matter her mother was get back with him that's right her she's like no he needs to learn lesson at least we're being separated he's going to get it together we're in therapy we're working it out the daughter mom why are you still with that stupid man she's talking about her dad she was with that man last night she was the daughter was so on board with getting her dad because she's an extreme feminist she's a lesbian she is ready like i hate this man he is the worst and so to see her to see these levels a freedom happen with the generations. I thought that that was extremely interesting that they pointed that out with that family. So I thought that they did a, a good job. I, I love when she bought half of that ad agency. I said, yes, honey, yeah. please do. It, I know that's just, right. Watching them get revenge felt so good. It oh, felt so, so good. good. So yeah. So yeah, I, I appreciated how they put that family together. And I think she did a great job. What'd you think, bro? Um, Diane Keaton came off to me as a powerful woman trying to play a mousy woman. Mm. And, uh, you know, like when I, um, you guys remember Sister Act, of course, as a movie we watched a lot, but you remember the very, the small nun. Oh yeah. With the powerhouse voice. Yeah, now yeah. I don't know if she's really mousy in real life, <laughs> but I'm gonna let you know, she played that role. <laughs> if she's not, yeah. like, 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 like yeah. if she played that role. But like, Diane Keaton has such a um, powerful presence in general that she looks and comes across as wise. And, and I just, and it's, it was a stretch for me to get there for her, you know, being like that. And, and I'm just saying, it, just, it, did, it felt like, cause like when I was, I thought I was tripping at first. I was like, well, this is a departure from, and I'm like, oh no, they're doing this like that. Like she's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. And it was almost like, this is what I think a mousy person is like. I'm like, you know what though, bro? Especially I her felt- going from seeing her and father the bride to now we're talking about this character. And, and a, and a yeah. lot a lot of things, you know, a lot of things she was in, you know, as good as it gets. Um, you know what though? It's so funny because I thought that was something they were doing on purpose because it was it was like so obvious that she was not living in her potential. You know, it was so obvious that she had more things to say than she was saying. It was so obvious that she was angry and trying not to show it. And so I thought what they were showing was like, man, she is not living in her truth. She is not Mm. living in her potential. And so I thought they were intentionally showing those two layers because when she, for example, she's now, but at the end of the movie, she's taken over a major ad agency. And mm-hmm. the last time we see her in that context, she's running a major meeting, you know? And so it's almost like she had 
she had dimmed her light so much to try to fit in the box her husband wanted her in that um, she had been so broken by it and that through her relationships and through this, through the, the process, the first wives club process, she was getting back to who she actually was and able to yeah. stand in her strength. So I her daughter like did say to her, yeah. her daughter said to her mom, it's time for you to get back into advertising. Yeah. So that, let, that one line let you know she had left she that. She used to point. be. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 saw, yeah. I saw what they were. I do feel like that's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. I I'm like just, how you said that, though. Yeah, I, I do feel like that's what that was the what they were doing. Yeah. What I'm what I'm saying is, is I don't. It was it it was tough for me to suspend my um my uh, disbelief mm-hmm. in this particular case because I just don't see Diane Keaton getting being in that circumstance she was in for for at all you know what mm-hmm. I mean it'd be kind of like um Regina King right like if <laughs> Regina King is trying to play somebody squirrely that's gonna be like I you know I mean anybody could do it you're an actor that's what that's that you know that's the point yeah yeah but like she's gonna have to do some acting for me to believe <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I get what you're saying. You know, it, it's it's like like by the end of the movie, she needs to be a certified killer. Like, it I needs mean, whoa, whoa. to balance it out. No, like, where, where, whatever. I need you to be an assassin by <laughs> the end of this movie, her. so just, I can understand. Saying, <laughs> I get that. I get that. I get I'm that. just saying when you yeah. when you see certain actresses or actors, when you just see certain actors, some of them are hard to see in other ways you know that's why some of them are they're always um uh you know the bad guy they just look they just look evil though like even like you you see them like even if i wanted you to play a good guy your chin is too pointy yeah i don't know what it is evil yeah (laughs) and and she just it maybe it was the i don't know what it was but she she comes across to me as an extremely strong person and I think that's tough to hide. Well, you know who else was a little broken in this movie emotionally that we're usually we usually see in, in 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 characters that are much stronger was Bette Midler. So Bette Midler, you know, I got to say the character she played, um, Brenda Morelli Cushman, she, you know, she she wasn't too far from other characters we've seen Bette Midler play. You know, she really. You know, just that kind of, I don't know what else to call it, but like wisecracking, kind of like getting the one-liners in, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, very much like, you know, leaning into her Jewishness as a part of the humor she's bringing, you know. By the way, put big, put, put big business on your list. <laughs> yeah, well, so, that's another good one from yes. our childhood. And we actually, in that one, we got to see Bette Midler play you know a, a range. Won't do a spoiler for that, but mm. we, we got to see her play a range Are you there. talking about a spoiler from a 35. <laughs> Listen, we may have some Gen Z on here. They don't know. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. That that that's another one. I hope that one holds up. I do, because I have such more memories for that. That'll be an interesting like discussion because that is a movie that we did see and all of us saw in the time. You know, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Ooh, and hello again. Oh yeah. Well, uh, that's another one who. Um, I can almost, what's, I, her, what's her? What's Shelley Long? 
she's she's another one who does score really really well. She does, and like I, I, she does, and and I don't know if she's for her. For me, it's almost the other the other way. Like I would be, she would have to in my mind really do well if she was playing like a real strong, you know what I'm saying type sure. of person. Yeah, because she, she and like you said, Beth Miller, she was just she was Beth Miller, you know, and that could kind of skew to the whatever you needed to skew towards. So you can see Beth Midler with the same sort of personality being like a, you know, a more, a weaker person, or you can see her being a stronger person, but, you know. It's, it's a familiar it, character. Yeah, it's a familiar her. character. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and sis, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on Beth Midler's character because she is the only one that ends up getting back with her husband at the end. And even though her husband has literally not been giving her money enough to live and keep her son fed, and even though um, he has actually been parading around the land with this little Pop-Tart, okay, um, buying her this and no that. No nutrition. Yeah. And, and at the end, they're clearly on their way to reconciliation. And that's the only couple that's on their way to reconciliation. So what was your reaction, sis, to, to that character and to Bette Miller's portrayal of Brenda Morelli Cushman. I first of all was ex- I didn't I didn't think about it until I was watching the movie. I was like, oh, um, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker have worked together before before right. Hocus Pocus. So I was kind of laughing at seeing them in this dynamic. Like, oh, you two. She was still the little dumb, crazy one in Hocus Pocus, and you know, little flirty, cute one. And you have Bette Midler as the older sister. You know, so even still that type of dynamic they had. So I was thinking about that. Um, but I thought that Bette Miller did a great job of showing someone that struggles with confidence um, and showing someone that struggles with weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, her walking around in these enormous clothes. <laughs> was like, Bette Miller, I, you don't even look that large. It's these clothes that's three <laughs> sizes too large. What's going on with this long skirt? Yeah, in the movie, they show a weight loss journey. So the first they're making, they're trying to make her look more overweight than she is. Than she is. And I, so I appreciated her being honest um, because you need that type of friend. You need that type of friend that's going to give it to you raw, that's going to give it to you real, no matter how it sits with you. Mm -hmm. And then you might have to walk away a day because you're mad at them. But then you'll always come back because you know everything they said to you was out of love. Um, and out of really trying to tell you about yourself because mm-hmm. they see you headed for something that you shouldn't be headed for. So I appreciated that, but I wasn't too, too shocked when they were started, when they decided to like begin reconciliation at the end because Bette Miller, I think in her, her character wanted her husband. She wanted her family back and she loved her son so much. And you can tell for her son, he was hurting too his parents not being together. He didn't like that. He wanted them to be able to be civil and be together and be a family in a better way than they were. Cause he wasn't too fond of that new little girlfriend either, that new little fiance either. Um, so I think that watching her character evolve into someone that said, no, I was a part of your life. I was the cashier at all of your 17 stores when you started them. I am a part of the beginning of the story and then find a way to get that beginning going and to be able to, to take that money and to, and to demand it 
and him just had to sit there because if not, his life was about to be ruined. Um, so I just think, and also his character, thinking how funny it is, people don't feel like their past will catch up with them sometimes. He thought everything was fine. I'm a millionaire now. No one is paying attention to me. Mess with the wrong person and your whole life will be turned around. And he yeah. got that. So I just, you know, I appreciate it. I, I was okay with them beginning that level of reconciliation, you know, but I don't think one thing about her character now, though, I think Bette Midler in the beginning of the movie would have let him come back really easy. But Bette Midler, by the end of that movie, is like, player, you want to do some work. You have to do some work before anything can happen here. Uh, I, I I gotta tell you, and I you know listen. I I, I tr- my true policy is everyone out there in the universe, live your life, do what's good for you, okay. Pursue your bliss, okay. But I struggle with saying that this kind of thing is okay. I hate that you know her son now has seen. Uh, her like her mother his mother basically say it's okay that your father not only left me didn't give us enough money to pay to 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 live well and but I love him I forgive him I, I just think any story of love conquers all is ultimately detrimental because it doesn't and it can't and I don't think it should. That's just who I am and how I live in this in this life. I just think some things are a true violation. And I just feel like I did not I didn't want her to to forgive him. It would have been one thing if he had just cheated or just withheld money. But he withheld money and cheated. And then the other thing was we had instances where he ran into her in the street. And he was mean to her. He wasn't even yeah, that's, kind that's... or polite. I just, they didn't set him up to me to be a character that, that I could forgive. And so I struggled with her forgiving him. Yeah, I did. I was, I was very disappointed with that. Uh, I didn't think it was a good direction. Well, in my opinion, but honestly, what I would have liked to see is all of them at the end not being defined by their association to anybody. That's right. And and that's because if I if I had a daughter, my whole focus would be raising her to be powerful on her own. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that you can't share your life with somebody because you can. But when you because like it's almost like they didn't really get into the narrative that what I'm saying is at the end uh, especially Goldie Hawn and uh, uh, Bette Miller they were still kind of defined by their relationships with guys and the uh, and uh, uh, Diane Keaton she wasn't so I liked how she she ended but I'm not saying that they should have did even something corny like have them show up with younger dudes or something like that. Um, I'm saying that I would have liked to see like it was irrelevant because to me that's the real uh, self development place that you're that you get to when you don't have to uh, define yourself 
by anybody. It's like mm-hmm. I'm 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 me. And if if somebody else comes into my cipher and we match, great. But if right. not, great. I'm starting from complete right now. Exactly. And I I would have liked to see that transition but at the end of the day especially when she went back because it wasn't just that he cheated like you said and or, or the money it's the overall he was so mean how he treated her and that was not forgivable. It wasn't okay. yeah you know? I don't, and i would hate i hate that her son has seen that you know and i think yeah. oh gosh what if she had a daughter and, a, and there was a little girl who watched her mother get treated that way and, and then say but it's okay you know, so that struggle with that. And that yeah. to me, that really left a bad taste in my mouth with that storyline. Um, you know, well, what I do just... you do when someone has that realization? Like you saw him have that realization whenever Sarah Jessica Barker's character was like, I'm not Brenda. And he was like, you're right. You're not. It was almost like him having that moment of like, man, I, I messed up. Like what I, I, I would have liked to see is him come back to her and try. But I don't want, see, I don't want her to blow up or tell him off. I would have liked her to, like, I would have liked her to have been doing something and he came back and said whatever and she was like, oh, I'm good. And then just like disregarded, like, like, like I'm not even getting it. Like, I don't even need to tell you off anymore. Like I'm yeah. so far past you know, and so yeah, you sit in that. That's a lesson for you moving on. That's what that's style. what I wish she would have said. I wish she would have said, Well, you know, I thank you for sharing that with me because we are co-parents and I want you to have values that I agree with because we're raising a son together. And so I'm I'm happy that you feel that way and understand now. Yeah, I like that. But um, like at the that. same time, I just think that at this point in our journeys, because of all that has occurred. I think it's best if we just continue <laughs> to kind of live our separate lives. But I will see you at Hanukkah. So I could have went for that. I could have went for that. You know, like that's what I yeah, wanted I her to for do. That. I could have went for you that. You know, because because I think they have to be friends. They have to be friendly. You, you know, you so do. I didn't want her to give him the whole cold shoulder, but to just welcome him back. I just, I just struggle it's with so that, but people, it happens it? every day. It happens every day. And I'm not judging that for your people who've had that experience because love and relationships are complex. You got to do what's right for you. Right. Uh, right. But for this storyline, it just didn't make sense. And then at least to me, and then at least Elliot, as Aubrey said, you know, she, my gosh, I mean, <laughs> her ex-husband, I mean, the man was just so shallow in the way that he walked away from her. Um, you know, demanding alimony and just really, truly um, trying to take credit for her professional contributions. Just really, really awful. And so, and one of the things we watched as I think Aubrey talked about it earlier, you know, she was so obsessed with her looks. She was mm-hmm. so upset. All you needed to give her was one compliment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, now my life is validated. And you know, she's she's doing the whole Botox and the the, the she called it, she said, yeah, I have been freshened up a little bit, you know, the plastic surgery. Um, and I just, and then at the end- Which her it, shout out to that plastic surgeon actor. <laughs> oh, he when he was telling sense. her the stuff that was going to happen to her face, he was like, you're going to be blinking with your lips. Right? She, like, <laughs> I'm going to look up his name because he is one of those comedians you see, yeah. one of those comedic actors you see. Um, but I just, I, at the end in the closing kind of narrative, we find out that she's dating someone in a play that she's in. Gosh. 
I just really wanted us to see her, as Aubrey said, kind of walk in her journey as an individual. I just needed, you know, and listen, and I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, you have to be, you know, I, I, I'm also not one of those people that, 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 that feels like women absolutely need downtime between relationships. I'm not, I, I just think your life is your life. But I also just think like, we didn't need that little bit of narrative for, even if she was dating immediately, it just felt like, man, that's not what this movie needs to call. This is not how we culminate this story. I mean, it, I, it, somehow we need to make her, you know, I don't know. I wanted her to do something else. Like she's, um, I wanted her closeout note to be like, she, um, she has given away her Botox subscription or something. I don't I mean, know. I mean, definitely it's just that, I know this is just a comedy or whatever, but it's just this constant reinforcement of the narrative that if you're a woman, you're incomplete without a man. And it doesn't work the other way around. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you could be, you could be a guy and guys are not, you know, always depicted as if they don't have this woman, their life is incomplete. And I'm just saying like, to me, um, it would have just been because look, pain hurt. You know, pain hurts, right? Yeah. Pain. So yes, you when you're married to somebody for a, a you know 25, 30 years, and then all of a sudden somebody's leaving, and you know it, it's a confusing mm. place. All this stuff is happening, but it's like if you are a strong person and confident in yourself, it's like, well, look, I am sad that this moment is passing yeah. and I wish it would have ended differently. But if you think I'm going to be devastated <laughs> because you want to go do something, you're crazy. Like right. I'm not giving you that type of control over my life. And even if they wanted to do something funny, they could do something. They could have did something funny. Like, like have her like one of them, if they were on vacation somewhere and one of them saw some young dude just hooked up with him. And it just, you know, moved on. You yes. know, like 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 the young dude woke up and she was gone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Something like that. Like even if you wanted to go there, it could be funny just showing that look, I'm living my life. Like I, I hate that all of that happened, but I'm good. Totally. That's where I would have liked to see them end up. Yeah. Now I will say they I was just gonna say they the the man that they had her with was um somebody from her play. And so I felt like that was a way of saying this is a person that has perhaps a different kind of depth than what she would normally. Yeah, I was. And also, it was it was okay. It was, it was, it was not It was and it was unexpected, right? I think it goes along with what you're saying, bro. You're going about life because she wasn't going to do that play. Mm -hmm. So you're going about life, and it just seemed like oh, she. Someone sparked the interest, like, all right, let's see what happens here. Totally. And so that becomes a part of her story. I will say, I feel like there needs to absolutely be context in the sense that these are women that were raised in the 60s. You know, 50s, th their mothers were 40s and 50s. Like, these are women that were, while you're still working women and you're graduating from college, you're your mothers are still telling you to get your MRS, right? You need to find a husband and have children. Yep. This is still something that was being preached to them at that time. 
So even, almost even, even till this time. Because right. the mom Absolutely. was still Hello. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but and when I so part of me, I think gives a little a little grace as well, because I think culture comes in as well that plays a part in this. Um, and I give just a little grace to like, okay, them getting men is okay, but now them having this self-agency, you know, them having, them being their own representative and I'm gonna show up in this differently and I'm taking care of me first. Yeah, and then I'll take care of you. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I mean, think th- that type of yes. that type of mindset that was happening can define their next relationship if they so choose to make it better. Or that, you know, I mean, I mean yeah. it's very, it's very, it's it's re- it's reality. That's how. But I'm just saying, yeah. in the context of a movie, I would have liked you like to see certain messages in movies sometimes. Sure. And what I'm saying is, is with all of that, I would have. Imagine just them breaking out of it. Like that would have just been a very interesting, unexpected turn. Yeah. Like, like even though this is how they've been, uh, like just imagine if um, if uh, Diane Keaton didn't need her mom to, like her mom came to her. What if, what if Diane Keaton checked her mom? You know what I'm saying? Like, look, you. you your brain is in 1930 and I'm <laughs> in 96. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I would have liked to see that. I, but, you know. Ben Miller, you know saying? We're women of the 90s. We're women of the 90s. And I was laughing but, but, to myself, like, it's 2020, Di- listening to them say that. I was Di- like, this, this means so many different things now. Diane Keaton's mom did at the end say, you don't need a man. And I realized I had been forcing that on you. Her mom at the end at the party did kind of yes. say, so and, and I and yeah, I but think, she but I she think, said it. Yeah. And, and, and what, what I'm saying is, is that realization I would have liked to see come from her. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like that's because she's still this now goes getting, back to this goes back to what you talked about in Ghost Dad when it was not like the realization of the daughter realizing that that dude was a bad guy. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I, I will just say as much as like, I'm like, okay, Elise Elliott, I I didn't need this nugget about you dating. I also think it is important to show that women are dateable in their mid forties. I think that's an important message that's for the world. True, okay. And, and when to you really, it, when you kind of step back, I think we can celebrate and appreciate that they had one of them get back with their husband, one of them, remained single and one of them found a man mm-hmm. and so they were just i think they were showing the full range of like yeah all yeah. possibilities remain even yes. though the world might try to act like now you don't get none you had good. all possibilities remain and so when i think about it like that yeah i can stand in celebration mm-hmm. yeah you know and that's and actually even yeah go ahead, oh, no, go ahead, sis. No, listen. I think that's a good way to end. Never mind. Well, yeah. I was going to say, you know, to go listen, to the... you said it. Yeah. Yeah. To go <laughs> to the topic of cinematography, like sound and music, there were there were a couple of things I wanted to talk about. The okay. first was that they had... Um, Diane Keaton's character played a narrative role throughout the movie. And I appreciated their use of, of like having a narrator. I felt like we needed it. 
we needed it. Part of it is that there were so many storylines happening. And, um, you know, they use, they use Diane Keaton narrating a few times to move stories along. They definitely used our favorite uh, montage mechanism a couple of times to move the story along. And then there was one way that they moved the story along that I just love because it was so 90s and it will never happen again. Um, and it was with answering machines. Do y'all remember that scene? That was pretty cool. It was yeah. literally they moved yeah. us through a whole portion of the of the of the the Diane Keaton storyline with answering machine messages. The daughter calls Diane Keaton and leaves a message, and then Diane Keaton leaves a message for for Bette Midler. Then Bette Midler leaves a message for Goldie Hawn, and it's just like the whole thing. It was better than a montage because it was answering machines. It's so timeless. Oh, I just love that. I just love that because people don't even leave voicemails anymore. Nope. You know, so that whole mechanism that they use. That's that because was really your special. sister is Janaya. She doesn't listen to him. I hate when somebody leaves me a voicemail. <laughs> and no one asked you, Brittany. Um, <laughs> for your... <laughs> and for Aubrey, let for me your type in my on my schedule. Leave a message this week. Very good. No, but... <laughs> And then the- I'm sure I'll, I'll hear about March or something. Right. Man, listen, but last night, I just checked my voice. Text. I checked. So I checked my voice. I checked my voicemail <laughs> on Friday. I had 18 messages. I just and you know, bro, all this is from too mommy. bad. This is too bad because I have always considered you to be the supremo emergency contact. Oh no! Well, if you don't leave me messages when you call, because I pick up. No, I'm saying, what if, but obviously 18 people left you a message. Boom. 18 people did. There were 18 calls you ain't pick up. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And bro, you need me now knowing that you, that you don't check your voicemails. That actually, that's a, that's, that's, that's troubling because I have always thought if there's no one else, because other people, their cell phone numbers have changed. Other people, they don't pick up. Other people, they aren't responsive. But bro, you're the emergency contact. You're the one. And Jenna, to know that you're not going to get those voice Jenna, calls, if, if, that's, that's rocking me to my Jenna, core. I, that's rocking I, me to my core. I, I seriously <laughs> think we both know that I am the only one in your life who somebody <laughs> will actually be able to get in contact with. Because if it were, even if I didn't pick up the phone and it was actually an in fact emergency, I'm pretty sure that they would call at least twice. And if somebody called me twice from the same number, you think I'm just not going to pay attention? Well, I hope the nature of the emergency is one that allows them to call you twice. <laughs> I think all we right. can all just hope that, you know, now given the new information that we've learned. I had some <laughs> Let's hope high, they call twice. I had such yeah. a high level of <laughs> energy before the Zoom, and it's just been. Oh gosh! Well, well listen. The last thing we, right we out have, of you can't leave here without talking about that song. Go. The, listen, and it was really the music all throughout. I, in my notes, I got a couple songs that we got to just name before we get to that last big shebang yes. song. In the opening credits, they played "Wives and Lovers" by Dionne Warwick. And that song is basically, it's, it's talking about the, the whole recipe that we've all been told that if you are both a, a, a caregiver and a lover, 
to your man, he'll be faithful to you. And, and that's what that song is about. And it's just so funny because we all now know that that's propaganda. I'll tell you what, um, that, what I mean, <laughs> a big loader crock. Yeah. My, um, we ain't talking about Betty Crocker. <laughs> and then there's another part where they, they played beautiful morning by the rascals, you know, and it was actually at that, that, um, that scene where they were back in college and all four of them were young and the world was their oyster and they just had all the possibilities and it was just the perfect song and then let me see there was one more that i've made a note billy, of billy porter that song oh that's the one and y'all need to know about me and this song by billy porter love will find a way okay because it's just such. oh billy porter your voice it's just, uh, it's a gift. It's a gift to humanity, Billy Porter. Yes. And we thank you. We thank you, Billy Porter. And I did not know. I didn't know he was a singer. I know He's from Billy Pittsburgh. Fat, the, yeah, the fashionista, the model, the, I know him from that. I did not know he, because when I Googled, I said, who is this? And I was like, he sings? Oh, he, so, that's, and I that's that when song. he I just first. didn't know that was him. Oh, he's the singer first. Didn't even and the know. song, and actually, we I went to high school, and me and Arby went to high school with his sister, Eminem. Um, they're from oh, Pittsburgh. And let me tell you, when he sings that song, love will find a way yes. on wings of angels. I just get the victory because he 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 sings it. <laughs> he sings it. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I have that song in my personal playlist. Like not related to us reviewing this movie for this podcast. I love, like, I actually love that song. I, I could believe that. I, believe I love that song. It's so well done. His voice is just so good. And then of course they did, um, in one of the montages where they were building up the care center for women, um, they played sisters are doing it for themselves. Um, and I, and the main voice we heard was Aretha Franklin, but when I looked up the song, it was by the Uri, Eurythmics. So that's something I think we all need to understand better. I don't know what that's about, but it was a, Aretha Franklin <laughs> being featured by the Eurythmics, um, in that song, sisters are doing it for themselves. So good. And they were doing it for themselves. And then to the end. Now the song Britt was talking about, take it away, sis. This was the big song at the end. Don't tell me what to do and don't tell me what to say. <laughs> the yes. background for that song oh, in, the, uh, Leslie Gore, in the movie. Oh, Leslie you don't own me. Yes, the background for that song was for the friend that passed away, Cynthia, for her birthday when they were in college. Goldie Hawn's character had the idea of putting together a girl group. And they sang that song. And so, and I will tell you guys, I unexpectedly at the end got emotional. Me too. I unexpectedly got at the end, started to cry. Me too. And I was like, Brittany, what is this? You've never cried at this movie. You've seen it a thousand times. But I think as an adult, as a, a woman who has been taught, right? Janiah and I can talk about this, repeating the order. And knowing that part of the order in your life is after you've graduated from college to get a job, get a house, get a car, get married and have children. 
And so when you have been fed, right, this propaganda, not meaning that they're trying to be mean to you or, you know, these individuals that are teaching you this and feeding it to you and recycling it, um, they're giving you what they believe is best right. and what That's is the right. best order. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that I'm sitting here watching this movie, um, watch women who have been treated poorly and being someone who has been dating for some time, is single, no children, and that is kind of a desire, it's up for discussion. Uh, but knowing that that was something that was meant what I believed was meant for my life, seeing these women move forward mm. and singing the song, You Don't Own Me. Mm. Um, I think it's just really reclaim many women reclaiming the narrative yes. in their life to say, I'm living my life the way that I want. Like, this is what the song's saying. It doesn't matter what that looks like for you but I'm living it the way that I see fit for me. I'm living it the way that makes me happy. Mm. And so it just made me emotional at the end because I was just like, I feel like I'm reclaiming my own journey. Mm. I'm reclaiming my own story because it is a real struggle. It's a real struggle to fight against what I've been told for years. It's been ingrained for 20, 20, 25 years of my life like this is what is supposed to happen if I'm quite honest more like almost 30 it it is it has been ingrained in my life to say that this is your your process so to see them at the end even though you know it was all corny and movie-esque you know they're sliding down the street I love it I love it outside not locking up the door as they walk away I was like because that's what I thought too I said I said they didn't lock up they didn't lock up cleaners automatically very good thank you but just you know seeing that scene it made me it was a feel good part yeah it was a feel good part of the movie so you know that was that was the one part i had to fast forward it was just too corny it was like i was i was cool i was making it through but when they started singing my corniness meter just blew up so i fast forward past that and i was very happy that it was the end of the movie First all right. of all, bro, I feel like what if you and your your friends were rapping the song? Do you want us to fast forward, G? If it's corny to you like it was for me, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Please don't torture yourself. <laughs> oh, torture! My oh, camera man. won't unblur. There's no way. Wow. I mean, Since it's not, of- it's not, it's not, it's not that bad for us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I feel like we've we've done the recap now. I mean, all right. And I, 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 I loved that soundtrack. I love that moment that Brittany was just talking about. I also got emotional, you know, and the words of that song. I was like, I don't man, tell you what to say. I, I don't really tell you to what to do. So <laughs> just up. let me be yeah. myself. That's all I ask of you. That's how we in this movie. That's how I love. I love the song. Not when they're singing it. Oh. I love the song. Leslie Gore. Well, 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 let's, let's, I think we're time to close out. (laughs) Because she does love it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, so, and then, and then Diane Keaton's character goes, just let me be myself. Because she has not been able to be herself this whole time. Anyway, I thought, so what, does anybody else have any comments? I feel Mm -hmm. like we got, we hit all of it. We did a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. So, 
I'm Let's so proud of myself for making it through this movie and this podcast. <laughs> we, bro, I am well and proud of you as well. Yes. So let's and do the roll call. Who does this movie? Will this movie be deemed a classic from the right perspective? Will it receive zero, one, two, or three <laughs> death, uh, uh, divorce certificates? Um. I mean, I'll, no, it's not a classic. Arby's like, I divorced this movie. I mean, yeah. I From that perspective. <laughs> no, actually, I would still be married because I'm ripping the divorce papers up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy that you all love it. I'm happy about that. Yes. Um, I do give this movie my divorce certificate because, and I'll tell you <laughs> what, what makes it a classic to me, number one, it is the actresses that are in it. To have a powerhouse cast like Bette Midler, Diane Keaton, Goldie Hawn. Oh, and by the way, sis, I looked up that surgeon. It's Rob Reiner, everybody. Okay. So y'all oh, know he's that, funny. That name is okay. familiar. Yeah, he was Rob in Reiner, When Harry Met familiar. Sally. Like this guy, he is hilarious he's no like hilarious he's been a dad like, he's forever. been in everything <laughs> as a funny person okay i know I mean, he might have done some drama too but he's just hilarious i think he's in the princess bride he's the list of funny things it's a lot um and so all-star cast that's number one okay number two i think whenever you can thematically have a message that is about liberation Okay, that to me, and you've done it, you know, you've embedded it in a story that to me felt truthful. I think that makes it a classic. And the third reason is, you know, one of the one of the things that really falls down when you look back at 90s content is like Black people anywhere. I mean, it's just like the whiteness of some of the content we used to watch. It is just disturbingly white these worlds that these characters are living in. And so for First Wives Club, I was looking and in every single scene where there was a crowd, they had some black people. And I said, thank you to at least have the black extras in the back. Cause you in the dark. Get, you know? I mean, we, we were at the funeral. We were at the bar. We were, we were at, at the restaurant. I was looking. We were, we were in the That's construction okay, crew. Okay. You know, okay. so I was just like, I don't need you to just throw in a black character necessarily that has a speaking part, but don't depict New York and not have black people. And so many of those movies from that time do. Oh, just it's crazy. No black, it's no, no ridiculous. people of color anywhere. So anyway, and I just really enjoyed it. I actually laughed out loud. So I, it definitely gets my, my death certificate. I mean, divorce certificate. Dang. Well, y'all gone. You know, so many, okay. things, get cert so many things get certified. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, I, I do give it my divorce certificate um, because I laughed genuinely. I feel like, unfortunately, the narrative is still relevant. Um, and I, I just still enjoy Goldie Hawn, Diane Keaton, and Bette Midler. All three of them are hilarious funny, to me. Funny. Um, I think they did such a great job and I appreciated and I thought it was funny as well whenever the opening credits happened I noticed that they put all of their names on the screen at the same time 
It didn't go in alphabetical order. It was nothing. It was like, listen, all three of them are top A actors, actresses. They all need to be on here at the same time. So, um, but yeah, I definitely give it my uh, my my divorce certificate. Well, I think too we- bad. Two out of three don't yeah. get it. Not a classic. <laughs> all right. Oh, sorry, first wife haters. But listen. Don't forget what the song says. Love will find a way. Oh, thank you well, so you much. You definitely captured for the corner. singing years. about self love. Don't Listen. play, bro, because I will. I will force you to stay on this Zoom, and I will sing that whole song from the rooter to the tuna. And if you try to turn off the Zoom, <laughs> I will come to. Oh. <laughs> what? All right, so folks uh, who are not watching on video, oh, you turned his mic Aubrey off too. Has, as as the jerk that he is, Aubrey has left the podcast. You know what, bro? Just rude. Well, when you decide to check your voicemail next month, you're gonna have a whole song on there. Anyway, so <laughs> bro, what's our next movie? Well, I actually am proud to announce. Uh, two things that are going to be happening oh. going forward. Oh boy! Well, we've we are going to have two series within our series. It's going to be so exciting. What in the world? What's happening? I'm so stressed out. I'm What's so happening? stressed out. No, you don't need to be stressed out. Oh, be awesome. Because I feel like we're going to be doing all kind of movies, but I feel like two types of movies we do have to have like some type of notation that this is a movie within this series that the right podcast does. And those two genres are hood movies and musicals. And I like that because it's not really anything more opposite than hood movies and musicals. I mean, but we we all know that fight scene from Seven Brass with Seven Brothers. Was pretty well, gangster, music. right up there with Boys in the Hood. What what side story? There was also a stabbing. Listen, listen. There was a stabbing. Man, Tony, Bernardo, Bernardo. <laughs> Stick with your own kind. Tonight, tonight. My favorite, my favorite part of 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 West Side Story is when they're dancing and they do the snap thing. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Oh man! Uh, but anyway, anyway, so we have not done a hood movie before, and what we are going to do is New Jack City. Mm, oh okay. snap! All right, Nino Brown. And New All Jack right. City is going to be the first <laughs> sub entry because I cannot. I want to be able to somehow watch you all responding. To hood movies, I want to watch it back to back. I want a way to be able to do. We that. need a playlist. It needs to be a separate playlist of like the hood movies. Janai, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, ideas person. Okay, you, you don't want to get in the weeds of implementation. You are, you, I know you know how to work this out, yeah. and I also know that if you guys never hear about this again, it means that Janine and Brittany vetoed it off camera. <laughs> So either way, you guys know what happened. And you know what's going on. <laughs> I'm down Listen, with it. I love it. I, I love, a, I love, I, a, I've never I really love watched, a good movie. I've never really watched New and Jack City. I haven't watched them. Because listen, I all I feel like, I, like I've like seen a bit of it when it was on TV, like a like a tablespoon of it. Listen, like you, an inch. Don't, don't, don't admit that. 
<laughs> on the internet, both of you. I mean, Brittany, maybe. First of all, first of all. And I okay. even say things like, me. this is a new Jack City, <laughs> and I don't even know what it means. I've watched at least an hour of it on BT. <laughs> I feel like I have a memory of someone in a red suit. Oh, no, that's Harlem Nights, something else I haven't really seen, really. <laughs> yeah, he turned his camera off again. <laughs> I don't know how I've just. Some of these things, I just, okay. I, you know, <laughs> I want to get caught up. Okay. Bro, no, All right, so, so anyway, no, what I'm saying is, this is, is good. It's time to get caught it's up. Because let me tell you, this is good. We watched an inordinate amount of musicals, which was the whole point yeah, of right. this, but I'm enjoying going through all the other kind of movies, but I feel like we should definitely make sure that we have like a way to streamline that where all of our musical we're gonna definitely somebody do that. could type something in yeah. or something. And then and then the hood movies, because all jokes aside, I know that both of you haven't really watched no. any hood movies. But unlike unlike you all torturing me with the chick flicks, <laughs> I know you're gonna love all these movies. Okay. Like, like I, I know you're gonna love all these movies. I like your optimism. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna love these movies. Because I'm feeding off of that, especially optimism. especially Janiyah. Because see, Janiyah, if you well, know Janiyah, one thing she loves to do is get angry. And I these do. movies, I these do. movies are going. <laughs> well, now she likes to get movies. <laughs> but bro, you got to remember, I do. Janiyah and imagery, and some of these movies do have some very like gross blood scenes. So be careful, sis. Okay. No, you know what? Well, honestly, honestly, but it's nineties blood. Yeah, so. yeah. It's not. It's not none of that. None of that. Okay. It's. Okay. It, it, it's <clears throat> I mean, who somebody's <laughs> going to get shot. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! They're going to get hit with a Nerf gun. They're going to get hit with a Nerf. <laughs> with a Nerf, a Nerf squishy gun. <laughs> uh, with, with orange sponges. Oh no! Also, starting next week is going to be the new version that I spoke of. of the <laughs> it's going to Why be called. Are you trying to leave, yo? <laughs> Sisters, in, it. it's going to be called Sisters in Kind. <laughs> you in it, bro? You <laughs> in it? No, but but I I I am. This is this is. Hood movies have been around. You know, I mean, really since black exploitation, but. They really um, peaked in the nineties. Yeah, like they really pe- don't agree when you haven't seen any. But I know, <laughs> I know that as a fact that they. Peaked but yeah, it in is. The a, it is a fact. It's a fact, and we're going to watch all of them because I know you're going to love all of them, and yeah. I cannot, I cannot wait. This is so fun. To hear to hear you guys' reaction. Well, and it's so week. fun. And I love doing really this with a, you, bro, and, and we definitely because. And it's going to be nice as well, especially since, you know, it's not that long since John Singleton has passed away. Yeah. Um, so, and he is definitely a, con- a huge contributor to Black Hood movies. And so, may he mm-hmm. rest in peace. But he was really talking about the Black experience oh, in a different way. So yeah. We're doing them all. I'm talking about, so good. we're doing Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Do you know, I, re- I have this memory of going to the theater with my friends in high school to go see 
don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood. And I didn't get, I hadn't the seen Wayans any of family. the movies. I can't. I hadn't seen I any them. of the movies that they were mocking. And I just thought, well, this wasn't a good movie choice for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you definitely, there's definitely I about hadn't six, seen any of them. There's definitely about six movies you got to watch before you watch that. Exactly. <laughs> so I need to circle it, back and watch that after I get all those other ones. Yeah, I actually will still watch that one every now and then. The, don't be a menace because they just went so ridiculous with it. It was like, they were just like, yo, we just gonna, you know, we're just yeah. gonna take, the take these- They're geniuses. These, they're, we're just gonna they take points from these little it. movies. Yeah. Uh-uh, that's the kid's lunch. <laughs> See, yo, now when, again, when, I don't get when, the jokes. When he was- I was he, in that movie. I didn't just it. talking it about didn't resonate. Yo, what he said, what he said he was, what he said he was older than his son. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what his son? He came to see his dad. <laughs> he was talking to his dad like, you get big. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was so <laughs> stupid. So and every stupid. time, and every time <laughs> they were trying to do a message. They were, they were trying to make a point. They would get real deep. And then the post office, post office worker would pull up like, message. Message. Oh, God. Listen, we have But you know, that's a, that, that, is, that is also a hood movie. Yeah. Yes. That's also a hood movie. To, so like, to attribute to the Wayans family. We have yeah, to Yeah, I like that. that. They're pivotal like in the Black community. They're like so pivotal. That. I like that because I've actually been watching um, In Living Color lately. Yeah. Um, and All they right, were, we're just we're, ahead we're, of their time. Oh, yeah. We got to wrap. We got to wrap for the Sorry. Sorry. We're about Sorry. to get in the weeds, baby. But you got I me like what you're doing, again, bro. Like we were, huh? A good use of of, of your... Uh, Big your, Brother veto powers. Oh, man, bro. This is good. Yeah, I'm excited about this new theme. Yay! Don't forget. Right. Thank you, everybody. Section for 3.29 <laughs> of Brother Veto Powers that they can't be shut down <laughs> by sister vote. <laughs> Message. All right. <laughs> and that, my friends, is a loop back. All right. So if I'm here next, if I'm here next episode, you know we worked this out. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. This has been The Right Perspective. Bye. We'll Bye. See you next time.